Hi guys, and welcome to Flicks with Laura. We are starting off in the month of February, so I think I'm going to review some chick flicks to start off with um, in honor of Valentine's Day. Just easy, watchable chick flicks. But before I jump into the chick flicks, I did want to start off with one movie that a lot of people said they could watch over and over again. Um, and that is Shawshank Redemption. I actually haven't seen this one. I'm looking forward to watching it. I don't know anything about it. I don't know when it came out. Don't know who directed it. I've heard it's long. Um, but yeah, if I had to guess, I would say maybe it's a Quentin Tarantino film. It kind of sounds like a title he would do. And it sounds like it's like a fast-paced action movie, maybe. And I'm sure there's some good life lessons sprinkled in there. So yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. So I'm going to go do that and then I will let you know what I liked about it. Maybe what I didn't like about it. Yeah. Um, I'll be back. Before I get into the review, I did want to just come on and say there will be spoilers in this. So if you're wanting to watch it and not have it spoiled, maybe go watch and then come back to this. Okay, so I was wrong. This is not an action movie. It's not fast-paced, and it's not directed by Quentin Tarantino. Um, it's actually directed by Frank Darabont. It's based on a Stephen King novella. The screenplay was written by Frank Darabont and Stephen King. It stars Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. It has a 9.3 out of 10 on IMDb, a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, 96% of Google users liked it. A brief overview. Andy Dufresne, Tim Robbins, is sentenced to two consecutive life terms in prison for the murders of his wife and her lover, and is sentenced to a tough prison. However, only Andy knows he didn't commit the crimes. While there, he forms a friendship with Red, Morgan Freeman, experiences brutality of prison life, adapts, helps the warden, etc. All in 19 years. I really like this movie. I would probably give it a 5 out of 5. I don't think I can find anything that I didn't like about it. And also knowing that Stephen King had a hand in it makes me so happy and like it that much more because I love Stephen King and I've only seen his kind of like creepy spooky work. I haven't really seen anything so serious and i really, really liked this. So yeah, that made me happy learning that. <laughs> it is uh, kind of long, but I didn't mind that because I did feel like everything they included in it was necessary. I don't think that they really put any like filler or anything that didn't need to be in it. So yeah, I, I didn't mind the length. One thing I really liked about it at the beginning, the director does a good job of kind of misleading the viewers to think that Andy might be really be guilty. And so some of the hard stuff that Andy goes through in the beginning, you don't really know how to feel about it because you're thinking he might be guilty. Now, obviously, as the film goes on, you do learn that he's not. I thought that was just a really smart choice for the director to make to kind of let the viewers just observe and not really have any thoughts yet. Um, Tim Robbins' performance of Andy was really, really great. Andy is this kind of quiet, reserved character who's always kind of thinking, like his wheels are always turning on the inside. 
but you don't really know what he's thinking. He's just so quiet and just there. Um, so I thought that Tim Robbins did a really good job with that. There's a lot of things that I like about Andy's character. Like I said, he's reserved, he's quiet, but he's also so resilient and very opportunistic and not in a bad way, not in like a sneaky way, but just he's always observing and he's always kind of thinking for a way to get a leg up or get a better job in prison or get his friends a better opportunity. And he's just a really good guy. <laughs> and I I really like that even though all of these horrible things are happening to him and even though not just horrible things happening to him, but undeserved horrible things happening to him. And you never see him crack. And you never see him break. He just accepts his circumstances and he somehow finds a way to make them better throughout the whole film. And I think that there's just a lot to learn from that. Like these are some of the worst circumstances that you can have and undeserved. And yet he's still making the most of it every chance he gets. And he refuses to become stagnant. And there are characters in this movie that you can tell have become stagnant and have accepted their, their circumstances and kind of given up a little bit. But Andy refuses to let that be him. And I really think that that was one of the great things about this movie, one of the great lessons about it. And Andy also remains compassionate throughout the film. He cares about his other inmates. I mean, at the very beginning, there's one of the inmates who comes in with Andy and he dies on like the first night. And when they're, when all of the people are talking about this man who died, none of them are referring to him by name because none of them learned his name. And Andy asks, what was the man's name? And they're like, what does it matter? He's dead. And you can kind of just see on Andy's face, it does matter to him. He wants to know because he knows this was a man. This was a human being. Andy keeps that compassion throughout the whole movie. Like I said, a lot of bad things happen to him in this movie. A lot of things that he didn't deserve. I mean, in the first two years of his stay in prison, he's being sexually assaulted and he's being beat up and he's receiving unfair treatment and he doesn't let that break him. He just does things throughout the film that just make you really love him. I mean, at one point, he's involved in working for the prison library because he kind of works his way up to working in the library and being the librarian's assistant. And he gets a hold of some records, some music, and he kind of breaks into where the PA system is and he plays the music so that everyone can hear it. And just kind of break up the monotony of their life there. And Red has a really good quote. So Red is the friend and the narrator throughout the film. And he has a really good quote about how when Andy plays the music, he says, it was like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage, flapped its wings and made those walls dissolve away. And for an instant we were free. And again, that just speaks to Andy knows that everyone has kind of become hard and is just going through the motions. And he 
doesn't want that to happen and he keeps looking for ways to break up the cycle and break up their everyday lives and remind them that they're people and that they are alive. Andy also, I think, endures some of the circumstances and endures some of the things that are happening to him because even though he didn't kill his wife, he feels somewhat responsible because he says, you know, even though I didn't pull the trigger, I let her become further and further away from me emotionally. I lost her. And I think that he goes through some of the stuff. He lets himself go through some of the stuff because he feels like he earned it. Even though he didn't murder his wife, he does feel guilty at first. And that's another thing that just speaks to his compassion. He's just so caring. Another character in this movie that really had an impact on me. And I mean, I think when I when I think back to this movie from now on, I will always think about this character and I will always think about this moment. So one of the characters, actually the librarian that Andy ends up working with, his name is Brooks and he's an older man in the film. And he's been there, I think they say he's been there for 50 years. He's been there for a while And he unexpectedly gains parole. He's freed. And when he hears the news, Brooks doesn't celebrate. Brooks actually ends up trying to kill one of his fellow inmates because he says that's the only way they would let him stay. He wants to get convicted of another crime because he doesn't want to be freed. Brooks, he has this little baby bird that he finds kind of in the beginning of the film, and he's been raising this bird and feeding it, and, you know, that's just one of the little things he's found to give him a sense of purpose. And at the end of his sentence, when he's freed, he lets his bird go. The bird's name is Jake, and that was just so sad to see. That's one of his comforts, and he's having to give that up, and he has to give up so many comforts. I mean, he's built a life in this prison. He has friends. He has a job. He's the librarian, which is actually one of the like higher level jobs, I guess you could call it, because there is some thought that goes into it, and he organizes the library. He's a bookkeeper, so he really likes that. And so when they're talking about why is Brooke so upset that he's leaving and he's just a crazy old man and blah, blah, blah. Red speaks up and Red has another quote here that I really like. And Red says, Brooks, Brooks is just institutionalized. In here, he's an important man. He's an educated man. Outside, he's nothing. Just a used up con with arthritis in both hands. And I think that's, you know, one of the other quotes and like Brooks' story is one of the other things that kind of teaches the lesson of people have just really become comfortable and kind of dependent on their life in prison and they've they've made it their life. And Brooks, you know, once he's on the outside, he ends up writing a letter back telling them that he doesn't like life on the outside. And he actually ends up killing himself. And that was just a really sad moment in the film and really just, you know, gut-wrenching, so upsetting. But 
much needed. I'm glad they put it in. You can see how fearful Brooks is once he's on the outside. You can see how out of control he feels, and you can see that he doesn't feel at home. The prison was his life, and again, he he had kind of comforts on the inside, and he had a sense of purpose on the inside, and I think that's one of the things that Andy fights against, and actually the scene where he decides to play the music and remind the prisoners, you know, there, there are good things in life, and like, this is one of them, <laughs> is just getting to listen to music. The scene where he plays the music is right after Brooke's death because I think Andy starts to get a little bit comfortable and then when Brooks dies, he remembers there's life on the outside and we shouldn't be adapting to prison life. This isn't supposed to feel familiar. Like we're supposed to hope and we're, we're supposed to remember what life is and what life is about. We're not supposed to become hardened and lose hope and Red actually has another quote about hope in and, and the beginning, and he says, hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. And Andy disagrees with him, and he chooses to kind of fight against the idea that we shouldn't hope anymore. So, yeah, I, I think that Brooks, his death is put in there to kind of show what can happen to people when they do become too comfortable and when they are hardened. And it's a good in-between of Andy is on one end of the spectrum and Red is kind of on the other end of the spectrum in the beginning of the film. And Brooks is kind of that example of what can happen. And I think Red sees, Red sees himself in Brooks. It's very obvious, like he definitely is dependent on the prison life and Red actually kind of has his own sense of purpose because Red is known as the guy who can get things on the outside. And so Red's very comfortable with his life in prison and when Brooks dies, I think that Red has to self-reflect a little bit and I don't think he would have if Andy wasn't there. I think a lot of the purpose of his character is kind of to show Andy's impact on people because by the end of the movie Red is a very different person than the beginning of the movie. The beginning of the movie Red is hardened, he's mistrusting, he's like I said used to being the guy that can get things for you and he gets people cigarettes, he gets people uh, toothbrushes. He gets people, you know, just the creature comforts. Like I was talking about the things that make you feel a little bit more comfortable. He can get those for people. And he's, he's very okay with being that person and with that being his life. And when Andy comes in, he kind of just mixes things up and he makes Red think about a lot of things. At the beginning of the movie, you see the parole board asking Red if they think that he deserves parole and if he deserves to get out. And he kind of has this like cookie cutter planned response of, of course I do. Of course I am completely rehabilitated. I should be out. And you can tell it's practice and you can tell that he says it every time. And every time he, his parole gets rejected. He's not surprised by that. But by the end of the film, Red's response actually has 
changed. And he's saying, you know, what is rehabilitation? I don't know. I don't know if I'm rehabilitated because I'm comfortable in here. And um, I'm not sure what the answer is that you're looking for. And he just kind of gives like a pretty vague, honest response. And he actually ends up getting paroled once he gives his genuine, honest response. And I don't think that that mindset would have changed without Andy. There are a lot of good lessons to be learned from this movie, for sure. (laughs) One of the other interesting characters that's in this movie is the warden. And another thing that I like that they did is when the warden is introduced at the beginning of the film, he's introduced as this uh, stand-up, very straightforward, dedicated Christian who also tells the inmates coming in that he believes in discipline as well. He says he believes in the Bible and he believes in discipline. And yeah, when he's introduced, I think he seems like the most moral character in this movie, but you kind of see under the surface of the warden throughout and you see his dark sides and you see how twisted his mind is. I thought that was another good point of this film is that, you know, everyone's not always what they seem on the surface. And actually that goes the same for Andy. He has a quote, once he's kind of done a couple shady things to navigate the prison system, Red is talking to him about that and how Andy kind of comes off a certain way. And Andy says, you know, the funny thing is on the outside, I was a completely honest, like straight shooter type of person. And I had to come to prison to become a crook. And again, I just, I thought that was great because we have an idea of like what prison is supposed to be for people and prison is supposed to rehabilitate people and like teach people lessons. And it does, it does teach people lessons, but sometimes those lessons are not, not what they were intended to be. They teach, you know, other other lessons because people like Andy have had to adapt to the lifestyle and had to kind of make himself a shadier character than he initially was. The warden, though, is on the opposite end of that. When he's introduced, he seems like this great person and he seems like he's pretty moral, upstanding, devout Christian. And throughout the film, you realize just how crooked he is and the things that he's willing to do. Andy on the outside was a banker and he's really, really smart and he has skills that the warden kind of realizes he can use to his advantage. And so he uses Andy as his personal banker and he uses Andy to bring in funds in some not so honest ways. And you find out later in the film, you're introduced to some new inmates coming in. And one of those inmates coming in knows that Andy is innocent because he heard a confession from a different prison. He heard one of the inmates there confess that he shot Andy's wife and her lover. And obviously Andy knows he's innocent, but when he hears this, he tells that to the warden and the warden gets down to the truth of it. And the warden actually kills the man that knows the truth and that was telling everyone the truth about Andy. Because the warden has become so dependent on Andy 
and so dependent on free labor from the inmates and the inmates are bringing in money because people are paying to have cheaper labor. And he's just very wrapped up in politics and he's getting funds from all these different places and kind of unsavory ways. And Andy is the one navigating that and making that happen. And so the warden, even though he knows the truth, he commits murder to keep Andy where he is. And yeah, so the warden just, he does a lot of sketchy things throughout. And I think that that's a good statement on what really is morality and what makes a person a good person. Because the people in the film that you learn to love are Red, who is a convicted felon, and Brooks, who is a convicted felon. And there's just a lot of characters that you kind of fall in love with that you wouldn't really expect to. And you learn to hate the warden and the prison guards because of their treatment of the people on the inside and uh, just because of how they choose to live their lives. Another one of the things I love, and obviously this is a spoiler, at the very beginning The warden is talking to Andy about one of his favorite verses from the Bible, and he says it's salvation lies within. And in the end, when Andy escapes, the way that he does it is he uses a rock pick, which is like a tiny little pickaxe that you use for paring down rocks and shaping rocks into things. And Andy has, you know said that that's one of his hobbies, and that's why he has the rock pick. But throughout the film, Andy has slowly been chipping away at his prison wall, and that's how he makes his escape. And he hides his rock pick in the hollowed-out Bible, and he writes the warden a note after his escape so the warden can see why he did it and see what he did. (laughs) And the note says, you're right, warden. Salvation lies within. And how ironic. So yeah, I liked that. When Andy ends up on the outside, before he leaves, he tells Red, I, you know, I think he can tell that Red is hardened and has lost hope. And Andy is just not okay with that. And he just won't accept that. So before Andy leaves, he asks Red, do you know this spot, this field on the outside. And Red says yes. And Andy says, there's something there that I need you to get. And so Red agrees. He promises. Obviously, he's like, what's going on? He doesn't really know that anything will come of this. But he's like, yes, if I get out, I will go to this spot and find whatever is hidden there that you want me to find. So Andy escapes. And a little while after his escape, Red is paroled. And Red initially has the same reaction that Brooks had. Red feels scared of the outside. He doesn't feel like he has a place in the world. He doesn't feel like he knows what to do. And I think if Andy hadn't given him that small glimmer of hope and that that small purpose to like go and find this thing that he's hidden then Red would have given up. Red wouldn't have had any reason to keep living once he got out. But 
Red goes and finds this spot where Andy has buried something for him. And it's instructions and funds to get to this place that Andy and him had talked about on the inside of prison, this little hidden paradise where Andy has said, I love it because the sand and the waters have no memory and it's a fresh start. And he's made it there. And I'm pretty sure that he sent back a postcard to Red to prove that he had made it there. And he says, I need you here. Come join me. And again, I just love that Andy never gives up on his friends. And Andy never gives up on that idea of pursuing some purpose in life. And he just doesn't ever let anything break him. Before he makes his escape, the warden punishes him severely for acting out several times in the prison by, you know, playing the music or just different little things that he's done. I think the warden does this because he's trying to show the power that he has over Andy. And Andy knows that on the outside, the warden wouldn't have any power. That's why he keeps fighting back against the warden, because he he knows the kind of character the warden really is, and he refuses to let someone like that break him. And he knows the quality of character that Red is, and he believes that that should be rewarded and that Red is a good person. And I think Andy knows he himself is a good person. Maybe not at the beginning. Maybe he doesn't feel that way at first because he he believes that he pushed his wife away and that she would still be alive if he hadn't pushed her away or kind of let her pull away emotionally. But I think throughout the film, he does kind of realize the good things that he can do for people and that the people there need him. And they need that reminder of hope. Hope is something that is talked about a lot between Andy and Red. And like I said earlier, Red has kind of made up his mind that hope is dangerous and that hope is kind of the silent killer and within the walls. He thinks that you need to get comfortable and adapt. And Andy is of the mind that you shouldn't adapt and that the circumstances on the inside are not normal. And he, I think he talks about hope to Red and he says, you know, hope is the one thing that they can't take from you. There are a lot of things that they can take from you. They can't take hope. And I think that's kind of the antithesis of this film is the idea that if you keep your sense of self and you keep hope alive within you, Nobody can take that from you, no matter your life circumstances, no matter the difficult things that you go through. Um, you don't have to let that break you. You don't have to let that define you. And again, I'm going to come back to Brooks one more time, but that's what happened to Brooks is he let his life on the inside define him. He let his criminal history define him. He let himself kind of shrink to fit the walls that surrounded him. And when he got out, he just lost it and he broke and he didn't know how to adapt to the outside because the outside was so big and so scary and he just didn't know who he was. I just really 
like that Andy realized that that was happening to everyone and that he refused to become that kind of person. He refused to be defined by horrible circumstances and he always stayed true to himself and he always was a positive impact on everyone around him and he constantly reminded them that they could hope as well. This is a great film. Like I said, I would give it five out of five. I couldn't really find anything that I didn't like about it and I thought there were so many good takeaways. So if you have the time to watch it, I definitely would put it at the top of your list of movies to watch because there's so many great things about this. And again, Stephen King. Who doesn't like Stephen King? All right. Well, um, thank you for tuning in to Flicks with Lara, and I hope you'll stick around. Thanks. Bye.